0: Imagine being caught red-handed doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. Now, imagine this happening when the intent was not even to look for you in the first place. You just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And now, the attention is unexpectedly on you without even a warning. In this scenario, you are the adrenal glands, incidentally found to have an adenoma. The glands just happened to be in the way while another organ was being imaged. And suddenly, they are being investigated as well. Today, our patient has an adrenal incidental loma, and you are the doctor. Welcome to the Internet Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled Caught Red Handed The Adrenal Incidental Loma. all right time for a minute physiology the adrenal glands are paired hormone secreting glands found above the kidneys each gland contains an outer cortex and an inner medulla and the cortex is further divided into three zones the glomerulosa the fasciculata and the reticularis Each region within the adrenal gland secretes its own set of hormones. The zona glomerulosa secretes mineralocorticoids. Aldosterone is the major mineralocorticoid, and it is mainly regulated by the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system and potassium levels. It acts to regulate extracellular fluid through sodium reabsorption and potassium secretion. The zona fasciculata secretes glucocorticoids. The major glucocorticoid is cortisol, which is secreted in response to stressors, and it is regulated by CRH and ACTH from the hypothalamic and pituitary gland, respectively. The zona reticularis secretes sex hormones, called androgens, which are produced in response to ACTH from the anterior pituitary gland. The adrenal medulla secretes neurotransmitters, epinephrine, and norepinephrine in response to sympathetic nervous system activation during acute stressors. These neurotransmitters are broken down into metanephrines and other metabolites and excreted in the urine. Talked about the basic physiology of the adrenal glands, let's talk about the approach to an adrenal incidentaloma. An adrenal incidentaloma is a mass lesion on one or both of the adrenal glands, which is discovered incidentally during radiologic examination of another organ or body system. The frequency of adrenal incidentalomas increases with age to about 7% in those over age 70. There are two main questions which need to be answered when an adrenal incidentaloma is found. First, is it malignant? And second, is it secreting excess hormones or is it functional? Now, let's start with number one. Is it malignant? The size of the adenoma, as well as imaging characteristics, can help determine whether the lesion is malignant or not. An adenoma four centimeters or greater increases the risk of malignancy. Characteristics of an adrenal cortical carcinoma or malignant tumor on a CT image includes irregular shape, heterogeneous density, and heterogeneous enhancement with contrast, tumor calcification, or evidence of local invasion. Adrenal metastases have similar imaging characteristics but tend to be bilateral. Benign adenomas, on the other hand, are often round with smooth contour and often less than four centimeters in diameter. Next, it is important to determine whether the adenoma is hyperfunctioning or is it secreting excess hormones. As mentioned earlier, the adrenal gland is a powerhouse of hormone secretion, and 10 to 15% of adrenal incidentalomas will secrete hormones. All patients should be screened for Cushing syndrome and pheochromocytoma, regardless of whether there are clinical manifestations of these conditions, because they may be silent. In contrast, only hypertensive patients should be tested for hyperaldosteronism. Cushing syndrome is the most common hormonal abnormality detected in patients with adrenal incidentalomas. workup. Cushing syndrome should be identified through history and physical examination by examining and inquiring for signs and symptoms, including recent weight gain, particularly the development of central obesity and or a dorsal fat pad, fatigue, depression, easy bruising, proximal muscle weakness, striae, fracture with minimal trauma, and or new hypertension or diabetes. Cushing syndrome should be ruled out by one of three screening tests. The simplest screening test is a one milligram dexamethasone suppression test. However, late night salivary cortisol and a 24-hour urine cortisol are other tests which can be used. Remember that you need two positive screening tests before you move on to the confirmatory testing. If your two screening tests are positive, confirmatory testing includes repeat assessment for cortisol excess, serum ACTH, which will be low, and DHES, an adrenal androgen produced under ACTH stimulation, which will also be low. Pheochromocytomas may present with clinical features such as episodic palpitations, perspirations, headache, tachycardia, and severe hypertension. However, pheochromocytomas may also be asymptomatic with essential hypertension. Pheochromocytomas should be ruled out with a 24-hour urine metanephrine measurement, which will be high in the case of a pheochromocytoma. For patients with a high pretest probability, plasma metanephrine should be checked instead. Patients who you might suspect have a high pretest probability include patients with a family history of syndromes that include pheochromocytomas such as MEN2, von Hippel-Landau, or neurofibromatosis syndromes, as well as certain imaging characteristics of the adenoma such as increased mass vascularity. Finally, aldosterone-secreting adenomas are less common and should only be investigated if the patient with the adrenal incidentaloma has hypertension. A common hallmark of a hyperaldosterone state is refractory hypertension to three antihypertensive medications. Most patients with primary hyperaldosteronism are in fact not hypoclemic. Therefore, serum potassium level does not factor into the decision of whether to evaluate for an aldosteronoma or not. Plasma aldosterone and renin should be measured to obtain the aldosterone to renin ratio. An aldosteronoma should be suspected when plasma aldosterone is high, plasma renin is low, and the aldosterone to renin ratio is high. If the initial screening is abnormal, primary hyperaldosteronism should be confirmed by demonstrating lack of aldosterone suppression with a saline suppression test. The workup for patients found to have bilateral adrenal masses is the same as that for unilateral adenomas, but should also include investigation for congenital adrenal hyperplasia. The most common enzyme deficiency in CAH is 21-hydroxylase, and therefore 17-OH progesterone level should be measured, which will be high in 21-hydroxylase deficiency. Adrenal metastases also tend to be bilateral, which is something to keep in mind when evaluating a patient with bilateral adrenal masses it is important to ask the patient about a history of malignancy and constitutional symptoms. If adrenal metastases is a consideration, FNA biopsy of the adrenal mass can be performed. However, it is important to rule out pheochromocytoma first to prevent hemorrhage or a hypertensive crisis. As well, all patients with bilateral adrenal involvement should undergo evaluation for adrenal insufficiency. This is done by measuring an 8 a.m. morning cortisol level, which will be low in the case of adrenal insufficiency. With respect to treatment, it is important to mention that appropriate treatment and follow-up of an adrenal incidentaloma is an area of uncertainty, and there is no consensus amongst different studies and sets of guidelines. According to the 2009 American Guidelines, any patient with a lesion greater than 4 centimeters or which has concerning features on imaging should be referred to a surgeon for adrenalectomy. A lesion less than 4 centimeters with benign features may warrant adrenalectomy if it is hormonally active. If it is less than 4 centimeters and non-functioning, the patient should undergo repeat imaging after 3 to 6 months and annually for 1 to 2 years, as well as biochemical evaluation for hormonal activity annually for 5 years. If the mass grows more than 1 centimeter or becomes hormonally active, an adrenalectomy may be warranted at that time. For patients undergoing adrenolectomy for an adrenal tumor with evidence of autonomous cortisol secretion, perioperative glucocorticoid treatment at major surgical stress doses are recommended. Following adrenalectomy, exogenous steroids are required due to HPA axis suppression of the contralateral gland. Recovery could take anywhere from 6 to 18 months. Patients with a pheochromocytoma should be managed preoperatively with alpha blockade agents for one to three weeks before beta blockade is added for persistent tachycardia or arrhythmias. It is important that this order is followed to prevent unopposed alpha stimulation that could result in a hypertensive crisis. Genetic testing could be considered for syndromes that involve pheochromocytomas, as mentioned earlier. All right, on to our medicine minute. Did you know that President Dwight Eisenhower, the 34th President of the United States, had a long-standing history of cardiovascular disorders and intermittent hypertension? Evaluation for pheochromocytoma was not done, and it was not until his autopsy that a 1.5 centimeter pheochromocytoma in his left adrenal gland was unexpectedly revealed. This was likely the cause of his intermittent hypertension and cardiovascular complications. And who knows, in this time and age, it may have been found as an adrenal incidentaloma. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled caught red-handed the adrenal incidentaloma this episode was written by dr shirley schuster internal medicine resident and reviewed by dr joshua lakoff endocrinologist and dr stephen montague general internist this episode was recorded and produced by Allison lai the internet work series is created by alison lai and is developed by zara morali and leah karyanopoulos theme song by Lakshman vizant the mohan As always, we have our associated infographics and extra resources at www.theinternetwork.com. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.